I'm just very thankful. That's, that's the best way I can put it. I'm so thankful that my wife works the way she works so she can be with us. Uh, we're close enough to home that when I go on the road, if they're not coming with me, they can go back to our home in Oklahoma. And, you know, just I get to be a dad on a daily basis and not just for four months in the off season. Welcome to episode 244 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. While things might be slowing down a bit here in Alberta, there is certainly no shortage of storylines we're following, and we'll start things off in the pro ranks, where Stony Plains' Adam Mako has been on fire with the High A Vancouver Canadians. The Vauxhall Academy product is coming off being named the Northwest League's Pitcher of the Week, where he went five innings, allowing no hits and striking out eight in a win for the Canadians. Then on Tuesday, he started their playoff opener against his old team, the Everett Aquasocks, and had another strong five-inning performance, allowing just one hit and four walks while striking out five in a 3-0 victory. The 22-year-old has certainly turned it up in the second half of the season and will be interesting to see how the Toronto Blue Jays handle him as the fall progresses. Checking in on a couple of other pros, Calgary's Michael Soroka has been shut down for the season. He had a three-inning performance with the Atlanta Braves as we were recording our episode last week, coming out of the game saying he felt numbness in his fingers. Tests were done, revealing no structural damage in his forearm. However, the Braves shut Soroka down for the remainder of the campaign, and no surprise really given how good the team is doing and the desire not to rush him back in after two years of injury issues. We hope the former All-Star and NL Rookie of the Year candidate in 2019 is able to get back to his healthy self heading into 2024. And finally, Eric Zabrowski has been a steady force out of the bullpen for the Akron Rubber Ducks. After returning from his second Tommy John surgery, he's made eight 18 appearances since June, going 4-0 with a 2.75 ERA and 25 strikeouts and 19-plus innings of work. The AHP athlete now coach has allowed just 13 hits and 6 runs in that time. Kudos to Eric. A few pieces of news and notes from around the Western Canadian Baseball League as the Okotoks Dogs' long-standing relationship with Oregon State is taking another step starting today, being Thursday, as they are hosting the Beavers for a multi-day camp. It's the first time they've done it and will include intra-squad games and a matchup between OSU and Dogs Academy. Head to dogsbaseball.ca for more on the schedule, while Ian and I will be looking to provide more coverage for you for next week's episode. The Fort McMurray Giants have announced head coach Joe Ellison will be back for a second season in 2024. The Giants went 30-26 and 26 this season under Ellison before being bounced by the Okotoks Dogs in the opening round of the playoffs. Speaking of coaches, the Saskatoon Berries have announced former MLB pitcher Andrew Albers will be serving as the team's pitching coach in their first season next summer. The former Saskatoon Yellow Jacket joins a coaching staff that will be headed up by Joe Carnahan. Some cool news from St. Joseph High School in Red Deer is one of the original members of the Sylvan Lake Gulls. Tyler McWillie is joining Jason Chat. Woods Academy as the new junior high academy lead instructor and a coach of the high school program. Congrats, Tyler, on the new gig. And if you're needing your fall ball fix, there has been plenty of baseball to be seen at the academy level with several tournaments happening around the province. Meantime, the Foothills Major Baseball Association Championship is slated for this weekend between the Calgary Diamondbacks and Calgary Dukes. Games 1 and 2 will go Saturday, and if necessary, Game 3 will happen on Sunday. If you have some news you'd like to share with us or efforts worth highlighting, don't hesitate to reach 
reach out to us at albertadugoutstories at gmail.com. On to this week's guests, and we have a couple more athletes looking to show off their talents at the Blue Jays Academy Canadian Future Showcase. It starts up Tuesday at Rogers Centre in Toronto with 21 Alberta-born products taking part, along with several others who train here. One of them is Medicine Hat's Brett Getz. Everywhere he goes, he seems to be turning heads, taking advantage of the opportunities that come his way. It's landed the Vauxhall Academy product at number 10 on PBR Alberta's 2024 player rankings, and Getz is already committed to a big Division I school in Sacramento State. Brett, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. It's, all, it's awesome to be here. How excited are you to get back at it at the Canadian Futures Showcase? Oh, I'm really excited. It's just it's great to get to play with the best players all across Canada and be able to get coached by coaches that have played at the highest level. And it's just a great time all around. Is this your first time around or have you done this uh, tournament before? I did it last year, but it was in Ottawa. So this will be my first time at the Rogers Center. So it'll be a different experience this year. I was going to ask about that. How excited are you to play in in the uh, home of the Toronto Blue Jays? Oh, it's it's going to be amazing. I got told it's one of the best atmospheres to play in and the coolest field, and especially after the res- the renovations they just made. It'll be pretty legit, I'm thinking. Have you thought about that moment where you first step out? Like, are you thinking, okay, I got to take that moment to soak this all in and, and enjoy the experience while I can? Yeah, well, I have never been to Rogers Center or even Toronto, so it's just I'm excited to see the city too. And then when I first step out there, I feel like I just I got to soak it all in, try not to get nervous from seeing all the big parts around, but it's just I'm, I'm just so excited for it talk a little bit about your mindset going into an event like this because it's something totally different in terms of it's kind of a showcase but also a chance to learn so wh- how are you entering this one well I feel like I'm just gonna focus so going there from last year I feel like I have more of an approach and a mind, better mindset of going going at it having fun make sure I'm taking more in of everyone and learning more from the coaches because I feel like I I didn't get to build as well of a connection last year. But this year, I feel like if I with some coaches a little bit, like I just feel like it'll be be better and be better experience. Speaking of those coaches, you've been named to Team Red, and that's got a couple of former MLB pitchers on, this, on the squad and Andrew Albers and Dustin Mollican. How yeah. stoked are you to learn from those two guys specifically? Well, I'm excited because they've both played for the national team, and I'm just because that's been my goal. I want to play for the national team someday, and they've played all over the country, all over the world, and they also played in the MLB, which is that's the highest everyone wants to get to unless you dream of being a part of one day. So I feel like I get able to pick their brain a little bit and hopefully get to work with them. Do you find yourself, especially given that you're going into year two, that you're going to be, I'll call it less shy about asking questions of some of those coaches as well? Because I feel like sometimes when you go into events where there's a lot of guys involved and a lot of coaches involved and it's kind of a, a whirlwind that you almost get kind of caught aback a little bit. Do you Are you ready to, to get your, your nose into it and, and ask some questions? Oh yeah, especially last year I was a little starstruck being the younger guy, but now I feel like I know a lot more people going from all over the country and I'm, I feel like I'll just be able to put myself out there and ask more questions and be able to better myself from them too. Mm. In an event like this, how much of it is learning versus how much of it is showcasing what you already know and can do and, and bring to the table? Well, I feel like the learning part is everyone's going to, there's all learning lessons and everything when you go there, but the main thing I feel like is it just to have fun and play your game because most of the time many guys will get nervous in front of all the scouts or all the big names there, but you just got to have fun and play your game and know how you're supposed to play. It just 
don't let it get to you a little bit. We've talked a little bit about the coaches as well. Talk about the ability to go and meet some different people, whether it's being on the same team or even opposing teams of, of guys, not just from your, your home province, but obviously you got guys from all across the country that are taking part. Yep. Yep. Like last year, I, I met a couple guys on my team from Ontario and I've been talking to them still since to today. And they told me that they're going to bring some of their home team stuff and they want me to bring some Vauxhall stuff and we're going to trade stuff. And that's what, that's what it's all about is just building relationships with people you've never even met before. Very cool. Now you're not obviously trying to impress anyone either when it comes to that post-secondary angle as well. You've already committed to a pretty big school in Sacramento state. Talk us through that process and how it all came to be for you. So last year I was, I just got, I went to a couple things in the summer. I played down in, in Georgia, my grade 10 year and coach Mack was able to, reached out to some schools for me and I actually went down to a visit in November of last year to Sacramento and I just me and my dad realized like it's nice and warm there some Vauxhall guys have already been through the program and they just said it's the coach is a great guy and all that and I was I was like yeah this is where I want to be and I could see myself playing there and that's that was my main decision there so how different is it going to be to be able to play in a place that is warm pretty much 12 months of the year versus Alberta, which is you know, the opposite of that? I feel like it's going to be awesome because <laughs> come November, December, it's you can't even touch outside. There's three feet of snow. But in the November, December in California, there's sun still sit, still out and still over 20 degrees. So that's that's the main thing. It's what it's all about, being able to play outside and get my reps done on the field you mentioned the trip and you also mentioned the fact that there are a few vab guys who've actually been down to sac state and played there before have you been able to lean on some of their experiences and and talk with them about what they learned and what they what they took away from the program there yep so i uh when i went down on my visit i talked to martin samard he was he went to Vauxhall in i believe 2017 mm -hmm. and he just told me that they, the coaches are amazing they They'll help you out with everything. He said the weather's awesome. He told me about the schooling and that he's taking a business degree, and that's what I'm most likely going to take. And he said that's what this their best that's their best uh, education there to take. So I was I was all in for it. And he just said enjoy every moment you have here because it goes by quick. Mm -hmm. What excites you the most about that program in school when you think ahead to uh, to the moment where you get to step foot on campus? I think. They're, they're known as a winning program. They've won 30 games every season for the past, oh, it's been over 10 seasons, and it's just they get to play against top competition, and they're always they're always in the running for a conference title, and that's that's what I want to go there for is just to win. Mm -hmm. Take us back in time a little bit here. You're from Medicine Hat. How did you get into baseball in the first place? Uh, my dad always loved baseball, my dad and grandpa. and he, My dad put me in baseball, and I was I can't even remember how young I was, but I've just loved it every day and wanted to get better at it every day. And I just went up through the medicine at little league. And eventually I, so I played against coach Mack and Lethbridge all the time. Mm -hmm. And then that's how I kind of got set up with books all a little bit. So just little stuff like that. Very cool. Were you all baseball all the time growing up or were you a multi-sport guy? Oh, I was a multi-sport guy. I, I loved, loved playing hockey too. Like when I got to around 13, 14, I had to, choose what I would be better at because it just got too much because hockey started turning into the summer and baseball was turning into the winter so I just had to choose and pick what I love more 
talk us through that decision-making process because being an Alberta guy, it's probably pretty easy or a Canadian guy in general to say, okay, let's chase this hockey dream. What made you say baseball is the sport I got to do? Well, I've seen every, everyone does hockey and medicine. I, like that's their main thing. And I kind of wanted to be a little different and take my own path. And I, I kind of like taking the harder path and having more, I like, I like how it stacks up against me a little bit because in Canada, there's not many, there's not as much chances for baseball as there is for hockey. So I just thought, Hey, might as well make the most out of this. Was there a moment in your progression where you said, okay, this game's fun, but I'm also pretty good at it. Was there a moment where it kind of clicked for you and it said, okay, this is, this is the time I might as well uh, capitalize on this moment. I clicked my grade nine winner is when I started working with a pitching coach in medicine at named Kyle Swanick. Mm-hmm. And I started getting a little bit of a velo jump when I started pitching with them. And then I was like, I maybe should stop hitting and just focus on pitching. And then I reached out to Coach Mack and asked to come for a visit to Vauxhall. And then it was all all history from there. And now I'm now I'm loving it here. So it's just that was my my biggest jump of when I realized that I hey, I, I actually have a I might make a career out of this and Mm-hmm. And you've had some pretty cool experiences along the way too. Little League Baseball Canadian Championships is an example. How high on your list of favorite moments of your career is that? Maybe tell us a little bit about maybe some of the highlights that you have as as you think back on your young career to this point. Yeah, no, the Canadian Championships was awesome. Like I met met buddies all across all across Canada, and actually some of them I played with them here in Vauxhall, which was really cool. And then probably my my best experience was the Canada Summer Games last year in Niagara Falls. That was just, that was unbelievable. It was Team Alberta. We did really good. We ended up losing in the finals, but it was just a great experience around. I got to live with a bunch of guys for two weeks, met a whole bunch of people that played different sports all across Canada. And it was just, it was, that was, that was the best, that was the best memory I have so far. Very cool. And we've talked about Vauxhall a little bit. Uh, what does that program meant to you, both as a ball player but also as a human being? I feel like it's it's grown me into the person I am today, and it's created me into being a better person because not many not many high school baseball players get to live with their team for ten months out of the year, and it just we create like more bonds, like brother. It's like a brotherhood here now, and it's not it's it's no one no one can relate to it. Like the stories that we we have and the memories we share are just. It's it's awesome. Like, I I love it here. You also got had a chance to pitch with the Brooks Bombers over the summer. Did you learn anything about yourself as a ball player getting to have that experience and pitch against some legit college talent? No, that was an awesome experience. It was just I got to learn from some of the college guys I was playing with and how to like what it takes to playing at the college level and realizing that especially when I was pitching cuz the catcher would call it like a college game so I had to learn how to pitch like throw change-ups oo had to not throw as much fastballs had to work around guys it was just it taught me my mentality changed a lot and realized that the game is a lot different and it's a bigger jump from high school to college ball and it's just i i got to see what it takes to play at the next level basically i feel like there's a little bit of a trend developing with you and it sounds as though you really welcome the idea of a challenge whether it's traveling somewhere you mentioned georgia earlier but even just going and pushing yourself to the limit where does that drive come from well i my my parents have always been they've always been trying to push me to become better and they'll never let me settle for for averageness and 
being around, like I had some, when I was the younger guy here at Vauxhall, I had some mentors here that were pushed me to become better and wake me up early before school, make sure I'm getting my homework done, make sure I'm doing my stretches and working out. And I've just had the right people around me that have pushed me and actually built this mentality into me. And now I'm trying to do that this year too, to get the younger guys to make sure they're doing all their stuff right. And now I'm just trying to pass it on. What do you think your ceiling is? Like put on your, your own scouts hat maybe for a second here. And where do you see yourself in the next, you know, five or 10 years as you continue along your baseball journey? Well, my dream has always been to play profession professionally. Like I've, I've been dreaming about that since I was 10 years old. Like that, that's my main goal. That's where I want to be. And if I feel like if I keep putting in the work, like the chances are, I hopefully, hopefully they're good. And hopefully one day I can make that jump. How inspiring is it to watch a guy, say, Adam Mako, coming out of Vauxhall and doing what he's doing down in, in A-ball, the Vancouver Canadians. As we spoke last night, he pitched five innings of great playoff baseball. How cool is it to watch that and you can go, hey, there's a guy who came from the school that I went to who's who's blazing his own path in, in the pro ranks. Yeah, it's, so we got to actually have a call with him last year and he told me that he told our team that he... Uh, he went through some struggles here and that he thought he wasn't good enough. And then he turned out to be the, like the best, best, uh, best pitcher we've ever had at Vauxhall. And it's just, but I've got told stories from teachers and coaches that he was the hardest worker every year he was here and he would always put in the extra work. And most of all, apparently he was a great guy. He was a great person to be around as a team leader. He always did the right thing. And I just aspire to be like that one day. Always love catching up with Adam. A couple more for you here, Brett. Uh, you're obviously on the, the backside of your time at Vauxhall. So now you're looking and seeing some of those younger guys. You mentioned the fact that you're able to to chat with some of those that are just starting out on their baseball journeys in Vauxhall. What advice are you giving them or words of wisdom to get the most of the most of the opportunity there? Um, I'm just I'm just telling them to always keep working, keep working hard because and try try to do it work in the dark because most times people try and work hard in front of other people just to impress them and stuff but it's like all the all the hard work happens when no one's watching like you gotta wake up early do get your work in stay up late finish your homework get all that stuff done and just to become a better person most of all but all that stuff will help you in the future and just discipline has also been a main thing that i've been trying to work on and everyone needs to work on that too like i could still work on that a little more but i'm just trying to pass that down to the guys the 10s and 11s this year mm -hmm. we're all works in progress at the end of the day I, yep. I i can attest to that myself uh final question for you here it's one we ask everyone brett what does the game of baseball mean to you oh it means a lot like the game of baseball is is my life like i i love every minute of it it's many people know it's my identity basically like it's just it means so much to me like without it i don't even know where i'd be right now but it's it's done a lot for me it's taken me places that i've never think i've been to and it's just allowed me to meet many friends and create bonds that will last a lifetime and it's definitely going to be taking you to some new places as well in the not too distant future brett congratulations on all the success you've had at this point continued success at canadian future showcase at sac state all things beyond and again thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast yeah thank you very much
Another Alberta product looking to make an impression at the Canadian Future Showcase is Keenan Parker. The St. Albert Minor Baseball Association product is in his final year of high school and has accumulated plenty of great highlights during his young career, including winning nationals and representing Alberta, and is now setting his sights on finding a college or university program to keep the baseball journey going. Keenan, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me out. How excited are you to get back at it at the Canadian Future Showcase? Could be more excited, to be honest. I mean, what's better than playing at Rogers Center after you've been watching the Toronto Blue Jays since you were little? Very cool. I was going to ask about that. I mean, this is the first year that the, the program's been back at Rogers Center. How cool is it going to be through your eyes to be able to uh, to step foot on, on that field, especially given the renovations lately? I mean, pretty awesome, right? I mean, last year it was in... Wasn't at Rogers Center, so it was kind of disappointing, obviously. But this year, we're back at Rogers, so that should be pretty cool. Being the first time around, is it nerve-wracking at all? Or are you kind of going in with the mindset of, hey, let's just be a sponge and soak it all in? I mean, obviously, it's going to be nerve-wracking when you get there. But you can't let the nerves get to you. Otherwise, you're not going to perform the way you want to, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have any expectations or goals of yourself as you head down there? I mean, do my best, obviously, right? Hopefully, earn a starting spot on the team because there's going to be multiple people playing the same position as me right so mm -hmm. how much of it is being that sponge and how much of it is just kind of showcasing and and showing off what you can do because obviously you've you've got the attention of a lot of people already in your young career and now's an opportunity to kind of uh to take it to the next level yeah i believe majority of it's just showing off your skills because there's no point in holding back and when you're out there doing your thing, there's nothing else you can possibly do. So hopefully you get the attention of everybody you want, right? This is kind of one of those situations where uh, you, you can kind of lean on a few people who've uh, been there before. Have you been tapping into them going, hey, here's what should I be expecting? What kind of, you asking some questions of those around you and those who've been through the process before? Yeah, I got a couple guys that I've played with for many years that went last year. So I've kind of been talking to them for a bit. And then uh, there's like, six or seven Albertans who are going almost on my team. So it'll be nice being able to know people, obviously, when I get there. Mm, you'll be repping team New Blue with some pretty talented players on that roster. And you got some pretty good coaches as well. You got a former MLBer and Jeff Francis as an example. How much of this is also going to be tapping into their knowledge base and asking them questions about how to take your game to the next level? I mean, being able to get as many, as much information you can from any coach, right? It's not just having the same coach for all your years of growing up. So being able to have someone give me some knowledge from professional experience, that should definitely help my game. How are you going to gauge success in an event like this where it's, it's a little different, but you're also putting yourself out there in front of a, a national spotlight? Being able to compete against some of the better people, seeing harder throwing, seeing better bats, everything like that. I mean, I feel like the intensity level and how you're playing will definitely increase over playing with some, uh, some of the guys from different tournaments, right? Imagine yourself walking onto that field for the first time. Do you plan on soaking it in a little bit and looking around and going, I can't believe I'm here? I think you have to soak it all in, right? You got to have as much fun as possible, although you're showing out to all the scouts and all the people watching you. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Let's go back in time a little bit here. You're a product of St. Albert. How did you get into baseball in the first place? I think just my dad and people growing up, right? He's been playing ball for a while too, and he kind of got me into the process, especially watching grandparents and cousins and everyone playing. I feel that just kind of got my interest. Were you all baseball all the time growing up, or were you a multi-sport kid? I was a multi-sport kid, but I've always played baseball. Baseball's always been the summer sport. I've just been jumping around winter sports like basketball and the volleyballs and stuff like that, right? 
Mm-hmm. So what was it about baseball that made you go, you know what, I'm going to chase this dream? I feel just watching all the guys in the major leagues run out there and all the stands and all the fans packed and everything, just running out there would be a dream. Do you have a favorite player or team that you grew up watching? I mean, I always liked Josh Donaldson when he was on the Blue Jays, winning the MVP and everything like that. Right now, it's kind of just spread out, kind of like the Jays, like the Angels a little bit. Mm-hmm. You've had a lot of opportunities over the course of your young career as well. You think back on, on some of the Team Albertas that you've been on. You think back at you know some of the other big events that you've been a part of. When you think back on it, you have any favorite memories or moments on the ball field? I mean, winning national or sorry, winning provincials is always great with St. Albert Cardinals going down to Fort McMurray, we went down to Quebec and everything. I feel that's a key moment, just bonding with the team and somewhere different, right? Mm-hmm. What's it meant to you to be able to do stuff like that? Like being able to, whether it's travel the country or to win championships or represent just the community of St. Albert, the one that you grew up in, what's that meant to you? I mean, you got to understand too, is like not very many kids have any opportunities like this at all. So you got to take stuff for granted and just perform like you can. Mm-hmm. What has the St. Albert Minor Baseball Association meant to you and your development, not just as a ball player, but as a human being as well? I feel like it kind of shaped identity, especially being with St. Albert Cardinals for my entire life. All the coaches that I grew up with and everything, they've all been there for me and helped me improve, and they definitely started my journey. You've obviously got a lot of alumni that's gone through that program as well. I think of Eric Sabrowski as one of the first ones who's gone on to bigger and better things. How much of that draws some inspiration from you to go, okay, well, if that guy can do it, clearly I've got the opportunity to do it too. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, with all the coaches knowing that the coaches that are coaching me right now coach guys who went up to do bigger things, I know that I'm definitely able to do it as long as I work as hard as they did, right? Mm -hmm. What's next for you? I think we just take take things step by step. I mean, Rogers Center obviously will be the first thing, and hopefully that opens up a bunch more opportunities if I'm able to perform. We were talking off air about post-secondary options. You're still uncommitted at this point. Not that you're in a big rush or anything like that to make that happen, but have you thought about what kinds of things are important to you? Is it baseball? Is it a certain program or specialty in the education side that you want to get involved in? Walks through your, your decision-making process as you, you go about the last year of your high school life. I mean, baseball's obviously got to be number one priority, but you can't go to school and not take any of the actual courses. So academics have always been up there too. I feel like if I'm going down to the States for ball, post-secondary, everything, I want the weather to be able to be warm, especially so you can play baseball year-round and not have a long winter like St. Albert has. Mm -hmm. They talk about the student-athlete and student always being first. So if you've got your pick of the the litter here, what program are you entering? What kind of field of studies are you open to to chase after? Um, Roughly around like the forensics and criminology stuff. I mean, my dream school is probably going to have to say ASU, especially down there when it's hot and I know some guys who have gone there so I mean if I can take my academics down there and play some baseball I mean nothing else you can really ask for no not at all a couple more for you here Keenan uh, obviously a lot of youngsters are looking at you and and going hey I'd love to be that one day let's say you go back to St. Albert and you're talking to some of those 12 or 13 or 14 year old kids who are just getting out on their starting out on their journeys towards bigger and better things in baseball what kinds of words of advice or wisdom would you give to them to say hey this is what you got to do to get to the next level first thing I'd probably say is never give up right i mean you're gonna go through ups and downs and you're gonna go through slumps and you're gonna go through everything as much as you might want to stop playing sometimes you always got to make sure that it'll end out positive at the end 
Mm-hmm. Final question for you. It's one we ask everyone. What's this game of baseball mean to you? Yeah, baseball means to me is being out there with your friends playing the sport you love, right? I mean, nothing better than bonding with your teammates and friends you've known for a while and playing the greatest game on earth. Couldn't agree more. Well, Keenan, congratulations on all the success you've had at this point. Continued success, not only at the Canadian Future Showcase, but beyond as well. And thanks again so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. And finally, we always enjoy catching up with some old friends like Jordan Procession. We last chatted in late 2021 when he and his wife Lauren were expecting their first baby and he was riding the minor league roller coaster. Since then, their daughter Sailor was born while Procession entered this season not actually having a baseball home. The Okotoks Dogs product eventually re-upped with Texas Rangers where he'd spent the past two seasons in AA and that's where he'd started this year but was quickly promoted to AAA Round Rock where he's hitting 250 with a home run and 10 RBI in 21 games. He's also been able to represent Canada at the World Baseball Classic as a bullpen catcher and at the Pan Am Games as a player. So we had a few things to talk about. Jordan, thanks so much for joining us back here on the podcast. Absolutely, Joe. Happy to be here. It's hard to believe it's already been a couple of years since we've been able to chat in an official capacity, and life has certainly changed for you in a number of ways. Let's start here, though. How's the fam doing? They're doing great. They're doing great. You know, my my daughter, she turns two this fall. Um, She's got quite the attitude, and she loves to run around and loves life at the baseball field. And, you know, my wife has has been amazing for us. You know, she, she travels with us on the road as much as she can works uh remote um so you know we can actually be a family together that is fantastic now when we last chatted you and lauren were expecting the baby to arrive and we're super excited at the time now that you've lived the life for a couple of years how's the experience lived up to what you were expecting it has and, and it's uh, it's surpassed what i expected you know it's uh they always say that when you have kids it's gonna change your life uh you know some i've had people tell me before that you know, it's hey, as soon as you have a kid, you're not going to play baseball before. And, you know, it's, it's a choice. You know, it's 100% a choice of what type of life you want to live. And, you know, seeing the, the smile on her face every single day when she's at the ball field, she comes and points to me and points at a baseball and goes, ball, ball, ball. Uh, you know, it, just, it makes everything worth it. And, you know, it, it's so much fun being a father and, and having her and my, and my wife in the stands. I'm always curious, how challenging is it as a, a dad who's trying to weigh the, the needs of home and, and the, the family and, and the needs of being in a profession with, uh, frankly, a lot of travel and a lot of unknown? How have you been able to strike that balance? Uh, you know, a lot of it is, is support from my wife, support from my family. Um, you know, she, we're very thankful that, that she can work from wherever I'm at. Uh, you know, this year, this year especially has been a lot of unknown. You know, I didn't have a job to start the year. thought I was going independent ball. And then week before I was going there, the Rangers called and I was in double A, now triple A. Sorry, getting a little bit ahead here, but it's, it's tough. But, you know, it's one of those things where we don't spend more than a week, a week uh, apart. Uh, if I have a two week road trip, they'll end up coming on one week uh, and then they'll go home for the other. Uh, so, you know, we just, we just make the decision that, hey, you know, this is what we're doing. This is our life and we're going to make it work. How cool is it to like I see the photos on Instagram, for example, and, and I get all goosey because I just love watching uh, parents interact with their ki- young kids that way. And I do the same thing. 
What are the Gooseys like for you as you look back and you're scrolling through late at night and seeing some of those photos of, say, on the ball field or whatever the case may be? Uh, it, it's cool. Um, you know, especially, like, since I have been in this same organization now for three years. It was, you know, my first year, Lauren was pregnant. My second year, Sailor was just a little baby, you know. She mm-hmm. she couldn't even stand up. And now she's out there on the ball field running around. And it's cool to kind of see, you know, how the, how the boys interact with her as well because we've seen her since she was four months old. Um, and, you know, looking back myself, I just ask myself every single day, and I ask my wife, when did she get so big? Mm-hmm. You know, when did we get a little kid? She's not a little baby anymore. She's a, she's a toddler running around with her own little personality. So it's it's a cool feeling to kind of look back and see, wow, she couldn't even keep her head up last season. Now I can't keep her off the ball field. Very cool. For yourself, what have you learned about yourself as you've gone through these days as being a dad? Um, I've learned that I have a lot more patience than I thought I had. Um, it's one of the one of the biggest things as a parent, and you can attest to it. Is the kids will definitely test your patience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that you, you got to understand that they're learning this world. They have no idea what's going on, and they're learning it through you. Um, you know, there there are times where you get to that breaking point, and I'll talk about, like, "Hey, give, give me five minutes." Um, but you know, that's that's why you, you always have a good partner in life and you get to, you know, kind of take those breaks when you need them. But it's just, I've never thought I could love something as much as I love my daughter. That's fantastic. Now, as you've mentioned, you've spent the last couple of years in Frisco and that's where you were, you ended up starting the year anyways. And then you get that call up to AAA with Round Rock. Were you surprised with that promotion? Uh, I was. Um, you know, it was just one of those things that when the Rangers called me, it was, they had a need for, you know, a non-rostered position, honestly, like they called me and said, Hey, you're not going to be playing right away. We don't know how long it'll be. Um, we don't know if you will play or not. Like, it's just, it's one of those things they had a need. I was like, all right. And then my wife and I had actually, we just got back from a two week road trip when I was in Frisco and we got back to Frisco, got settled in our hotel for the two weeks. We had a two week homestand got our groceries. I was getting ready to go do laundry. And that's when I got the call. And my wife goes, are you kidding me? Like in a good way, in a good way. Um, but it was just one of those things that just shows in this game, like you have no idea what's going to happen and you've got to be able to roll with punches. As you've made your way through that journey and been able to play a few games up there and, and doing fairly well for yourself, batting average wise, that kind of thing, anything take you by surprise as you made that jump to triple A? It's just a little bit cleaner game. You know, at, at the end of the day, baseball is still baseball. You know, the, the mound is 60 feet away. The bases are still 90 feet. You got to put the ball in play. Um, the, the biggest notice up here from AA has been the automatic strike zone. Um, that's been a major change uh, in a good way. It still has its flaws, obviously. Um, but overall, the game of baseball you're playing against big leaguers every single day up here. Mm-hmm. And it's, when you first get here, we actually just had one of our young prospects come up and he goes, he was in the big leagues, wasn't he? He's a big leaguer, wasn't he? And it's, it's not as much of a shell shock as you just kind of get used to it where now it's, yeah, he just got option. Yeah. He spent the past two weeks up there or yeah, he's got 10 years in the show. Um, you know, just depending on who you're playing against. Um, so that's kind of 
the interesting part of being up here. Mm -hmm. You're still in the midst of it, but how would you assess your season thus far and what you've been able to accomplish in, in such a short amount of time? Um, you know, considering you know, that I don't play very much, uh, and I think I just cracked over 50 at bats the other day. Um, for me, it's been consistency. I've, uh, I've been able to put together consistent at bats, whether that results in a hit or it doesn't. Um, but I've been able to, to stay pretty level headed and stay quite consistent this year. Whenever my name is put in the lineup, uh, you know, I, I've been on and off the roster up here. Um, I've been playing once a week. I've been playing once a month. Um, you know, it's just, that's, that's something that I've really, really been happy with for myself is the ability to stay ready, the ability to just continue to train and understand, all right, like this is what it is and there's nothing I can do about it. I just got to stay ready when I'm, when I'm putting it in the lineup. And, you know, fortunately the, the numbers have been in my favor for the most part this season and I'll finish up strong here these next three weeks and, you know, just roll into the off season on a, on a good note. When you talk about the mindset of a player in your position where it's not an everyday spot, you're you're kind of looking forward to whenever the next opportunity comes. Is there sort of a, uh, I'll call it a, I got nothing to lose mentality that comes along with it? Like, hey, I'm going to give him my best shot and not worry about what the next step might be. Should I do well or do poorly kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things that I talk about with my wife and it's the ability to take that stress off your shoulders of, you know, it doesn't matter if, if I go four for four here, I go oh for four. It's either way, I'm either going to be on the roster or I'm going to be off of it. Um, you know, it's just part of the game of I know I'm not an everyday guy. I'm going to give him my best and hopefully, you know, um, turn some heads and make people start talking about me again. You know, like I was a freshly drafted kid back in 2014-15 uh, and get a little more opportunity. Uh, it definitely takes the stress off your shoulders when you're just going out there and you don't really got to worry about, oh boy, if I don't get a hit here, if I don't get a hit here. No, just go out there and you know put together good at-bats and you know hopefully somebody sees it and continues to give you a job. So it made the game a little bit more fun for you too? Yes and no. Yes and no. Obviously this game is a blast. It's a styled game. But it's still a game of failure. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter how, how good or how bad things are going. The game, it's still a game of failure. You look at it and best of the best fail 70% of the time. Um, so it's still managing, being able to manage that failure in the, in the proper way. Um, and it makes it a little more difficult when you do have some of those tough games. And then the next game, you're not playing for a couple of weeks. And whether you had a good game or you didn't, it doesn't matter. You're still not playing for those two weeks. Um, and it just, it can kind of sit with you a little bit. So to be able to manage that is really helpful. You mentioned the automatic strike zone. I'm curious as a catcher, you're seeing it right up close and personal. Talk about the advantages, disadvantages of, of having that system in place and whether you'd recommend it for, for future levels or higher levels of ball. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's been interesting. So now, uh, so this year up here in AAA, it's been Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday has been completely automatic. The umpire back there has a has an earpiece in his in his ear, and there's a strike zone up on the board that shows where the pitches cross, whether it's a ball or a strike, even if they put it in play. Um, and it's it's good in that aspect that it's consistent. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the biggest things you ask, you go and you ask uh, hitters, you ask pitchers, is they want something consistent back there. If it's strike one, it better be strike three. 
If it's ball one, it better be ball four. Um, so that aspect has been really nice. Um, there's still there's still some flaws in it. Um, you know, I still think that they haven't gotten the right dimensions of the strike zone yet. I think it is a little bit too narrow. Um, the top of the zone is still fluctuating. They've actually changed it starting yesterday. Uh, now the strike zone is completely different from what it's been the whole year. And they got, they got some issues going on right now. Um, but that with anything new, it's going to happen. Um, personally, I think they need to, in the future, when they figure out what the right zone is, implement the challenge system, which is what we do on Friday, Saturday, Sundays. So it's completely human strike zone. But if the catcher, the hitter, or the pitcher thinks the call was incorrect, then they can challenge it, and then you find you look up on the board. And those games have been uh, the best games in that aspect where you still have the human aspect of it. So it keeps the umpires focused, and it keeps them, you know, like, all right, I better be spot on today. Um, and it just doesn't allow, uh, you know, it keeps that consistency that everybody's looking for. As a catcher as well, one of the things that's really kind of caught on is um, at the major league level is the framing of pitches. And it's been fascinating to watch, and especially as you're doing it in real time and looking at where a ball lands versus where the catcher managed to frame it. How cool has that been from your perspective? Does it make it easier or harder with the automatic system, one? And then two, talk about the art form of framing a pitch. Is that something that you've had to kind of, have you always been aware of that? And how has that changed over the course of your career? Yeah, so it's it's one of those things. I was actually talking with uh, one of the pitchers the other day. On, on the automatic days, you feel kind of weird um, framing and, and presenting those pitches that you know are a ball because uh, you can't get it stolen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the whole the whole point of, of, uh, of pitch framing and receiving is you're trying to steal those strikes. You keep mm-hmm. all the strikes that are strikes, make sure they get called that. Then those borderline uh, balls that are going to be balls, you want that to be called strikes. Um, so you, you kind of feel weird doing it on those automatic days, but you need to do that just to continue to work on your craft. So that way come Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, some of those pitches you might get called a strike and hope the other team doesn't challenge it. Um, as for, you know, the, the evolution of catching since I got drafted back in 2014 has completely changed. Like when I was, when I was first introduced to pro ball back in 2014, all the way through till 2018, there was no catching on one knee. It was traditional. It was both feet. Uh, you had your, you had your action stance, you had your primary stance, you had full blocks. Like there was, there was no such thing as, as catching from one knee. And if you had your elbow out and your thumb down, you were considered to be in a wrong position. Whereas now I catch from one knee a hundred percent of the time. I block better than I've ever blocked in my career. I throw well, uh, and my receiving numbers have gone up and sure enough, my thumb is on the ground, which, you know, it was taboo back in mm-hmm. not even five, six years ago. So it has definitely changed, and uh, and I made that biggest transition uh, for receiving wise would have been 2019, my my year with the Dodgers, and then tw- the back half of 21 was when uh, was when I transitioned to a full one knee catcher. How much of this has been continuing to be uh, a student of the game for you and wanting to maintain that that edge in any way, shape, or form that you can? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, that's, that's the only way I, I still have a job is to continue to be the student of the game, you know, catching, hitting everything, game calling. 
you know, you have to be able to evolve with the game or else you're going to be stuck. Um, you know, it's changed so much in some good aspects, some not so good aspects. Um, but overall, it's if you're if you're stuck in your ways and you're refusing to learn, then you know you're going to get left behind. Mm-hmm. You didn't get left behind at all when it comes to Baseball Canada this year as well. Want to get into that for a minute? Uh, let's start off with the WBC. You got to be the bullpen catcher for that event. What was that experience like? It was it was a really cool experience. Uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to experience it with my family as well. They're able to come out. Um, but being around a bunch of big leaguers, you know, on our team with Freddie Freeman, Tyler O'Neill, uh, Cal Quantrill, Brash, and then also, you know, all the big leaguers on the other side playing against USA um, and all the other guys, it was, uh, it felt like a big league experience. You know, we got put up in a really nice hotel, family got treated like big leaguers, they got to come in through the family entrances. Um, it was just, overall, it was a cool experience and Obviously, as we've, we've spoke before, putting on Canada across my chest is you know very, very, uh, very, very fortunate for me. Mm-hmm. Any favorite memories or moments from that particular tournament? Um, I mean, my favorite memory is, is one going against us, and I want to apologize to my teammate and good buddy, RJ Fear. Uh, it was uh, when um, Trey Turner hit that home run off of him. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why it's, uh, it's a memory that sticks with me is I was sitting, we were in the right field bullpen and I was sitting right there along the foul pole and I had the perfect view of it. And it was, it was a majestic home run. Um, but for our side of things, the game against Columbia, um, you know, we, we absolutely dominated. We from pitch one and we pitched really, really well. We played the game defense well, and you know, offensively, we strung together what we needed to do, and to beat them was was really good for our country. Mm-hmm. When you think back on it, and I mean, I looked at it as an observer and going, "Man, that atmosphere must have been just absolute nuttiness." From someone who's getting that front row seat kind of uh, treatment, how cool was it in person? It was it was loud. It was very loud. I mean, it was kind of funny. The our first game against Great Britain. We didn't have that many fans. Um, you know, it was an early day game. Two two teams, everybody thought would finish at the bottom of the pool. Um, so there were about 5,000 people there. But that night game was Mexico versus USA, and it was sold out. And our game was long. I think it ended up being like four hours against Great Britain. And all the Mexican fans, all the USA fans started rolling in, and they were getting loud before our game even finished. Uh, and then our game against Mexico as well, it was, it was a close game until the sixth inning. And they, uh, those Latin fans, they know how to, how to get loud and how to cheer on their countries. They're very, very loyal. Uh, every teammate that I ask about winter ball, when they go down there, they say it's just a party. And that, that's never been more true for when we play against them and just, you know, how they, how passionate they are about their country. Very cool. Now you move on then to the Pan Am games. You personally had a pretty good tournament yourself. What was that experience like? It was cool. It was, uh, it was a really cool experience. Obviously, we, uh, we didn't get the result that we wanted, um, which, you know, it's, it's disappointing that we're not gearing up to go to the Pan Am Games here this fall. Um, but going to another country is, is such a privilege. You know, I had no idea what to expect in Buenos Aires. Uh, one of my teammates, his wife is actually from there. And so I asked him a little bit about it, and he told me that their steak is really good, their pasta is really good, and just the country itself is beautiful. Um, and, you know, my only experience 
of, of a South American country was Peru. And it wasn't, you know, the best area that we were in. We were in a red zone. It was, uh, there was a lot of homeless people around where we were. So I had no idea, but Argentina was beautiful. I would, I would love to go back there. The food was amazing. Uh, the baseball, it was fun. You know, playing international baseball is the most passionate baseball you'll ever play because you're playing for your entire country. And it's just, it's again, a privilege to be able to do that. And, you know, just, I, I missed I miss playing with Canada across my chest. Mm -hmm. You've kind of alluded to it twice now, so I'll ask. It's one thing to be named to the team, but talk about those feels you get when you put the jersey on or even put it in hand or you get that ball cap and you see the maple leaf there. You look in the mirror and you go, okay, this is real. Like, What's it like being in the mind of Jordan Procession when that happens? Uh, It just takes you back to, you know, being a young kid when you're 15, 16 years old back in Canada, trying to make that junior national team for the first time, um, you know, and wearing it, it just takes me back to that first time at Worldwide Sports when I, when I wore it for the first time of how fortunate you are. And, you know, it's you got your whole country across your chest and, you know, you're representing them and you just want to do the best you can. And it's just like, I, I think back to, you know, after the 2019 season when I got to play and for Team Canada and Lima, and then you know, after 2020, you never know if you're gonna when you're gonna play next with COVID and all that stuff going on. So it's just you know can't take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. Final question for you here, Jordan. And I know I asked the typical one of you last time, which is what does the game of baseball mean to you? So I'm gonna frame it in a different way, and that is. Since we last chatted, a lot has happened in your life. What's it meant to you to be able to to do all that you've been able to do, all that you've been able to accomplish, especially over last year, but over the last couple of years, especially with the, the young family in tow? You know, just just very fortunate. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to stay healthy to play this game is one thing. You know, you look at a lot of guys' careers and they get cut short via injury. Um, you know, this is my 10th year of pro ball now. Um, and it's changed a lot the past two years, you know, since starting a family. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate that I don't have to spend much time away from my wife or my daughter. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, we spend a week away max. Um, and I'm just very thankful. That's, that's the best way I can put it is I'm so thankful that my wife works the way she works so she can be with us. Uh, we're close enough to home that when I go on the road, if they're not coming with me, they can go back to our home in Oklahoma. And, you know, just I get to be a dad on a daily basis and not just for four months in the off season. We are very thankful for being able to not just have a conversation like this with you, but also I'm thankful for the opportunity to get to text with you and also follow along the journey on Instagram as well. So uh, Jordan, really appreciate the time as always. Congratulations on all the successes again. Uh, Continued success with this season and beyond. And thanks again so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you very much, Joe. Thanks again to Brett Getz, Keenan Parker, and Jordan Procession for joining us this week, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you like this or any other episode, we'd love to get a rating and a review from you as those actions help spread the word about ADS. And don't forget to hit subscribe as we have new episodes dropping every Thursday. A tip of the cap as well to our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy have been phenomenal partners in helping us tell Alberta's baseball stories. To learn more about our amazing sponsors or to get involved as a sponsor yourself, head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters. Until next time, thank you for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.